0: This morning we're continuing our sermon series that we started last week on making a a New Year's resolution to deepen our faith in 2023, to spend the next year trying to Deepen our faith and grow as disciples so that when we reach January 2024, we can look back and see how our faith has grown. Last week, if you were here, you might remember we talked about the importance of of reading Scripture every single day. And I hope some of you have taken time over the last week to read at least one verse of Scripture each day to do a little devotional. Or maybe some of you have joined one of our Sunday school classes or one of our Wednesday night classes. I hope you've taken time to do that. Today, we're going to talk about the spiritual discipline of prayer prayer i'm going to be reading to you from luke chapter 11 verses 1 through 13 but before i read that to you i invite you to bow your heads and join me in prayer let us pray gracious and loving god we come to you now with open hearts hopeful to hear your word We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will For all of us as your church, and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you, we thank you for your love. Amen. So again, Luke chapter 11, beginning with the first verse. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us to the time of trial. And then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, "Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything." I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given; search and you will find; knock and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and For everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. When I first moved to Tallahassee in 2016, I had the real pleasure of meeting and becoming friends with Art Cleveland. I don't know how many of you got to know Art. He passed away, sadly, a few years ago. Art was a real treasure here in Tallahassee, not only because he grew up in Tallahassee and and raised his family here in Tallahassee, but he was also a, a licensed clinical social worker, and he was trained in play therapy. With, with children and with teenagers, he was really a master at working and doing therapeutic work with children and teenagers. Uh, When I, uh, as I knew uh, uh, Art, one of the ways that I got to know him was I would go to his office every Wednesday morning with a group of pastors and a group of chaplains and a a group of of counselors, and we would meet together as a a support group together, and, and we would always meet in his office. Because he was a play therapist, you might imagine, he had toys all over his office. And so when the conversation in our support group would get a little boring, my eyes would wander around the room and look at the toys that he had. He had toys of all kinds, little figurines and action figures. He had coloring books that children could use. He had all sorts of things, building blocks that they could play with. But the the one toy that I remember the most was a, a stuffed animal. A little teddy bear that sat on his couch right there in his office. And right on the stuffed animal, on the teddy bear, was a little homemade badge that said, The Good Listener Award. I can only imagine what Art did with that. I would imagine maybe he gave it to a child when the family was talking and and the child was a good listener. Maybe he gave it to the child to hold on to to show that they were the good listener. But I also imagine that teddy bear did a lot of listening. At times in his office, when it was hard for someone to share their feelings, whether it was a parent or a child, they could hold that little teddy bear and whisper in that bear's ears, and that bear would just listen, listen, listen. Without judgment, without giving advice, the bear would just listen as the person in need would share their story. maybe that's what I miss about Art. He was a good listener. We all need people like that in our lives, who listen to us when we reach out. Some people who just listen to us without judgment, who listen to us and care for us and and let us share when we need to share. And I hope you have someone like that in your life. But every now and then, when we share our needs with other people, we would like for them to respond. We would like for them to help us when we ask for help. We would like for them to answer us when we call. We would like for them, most of the time, to tell us that we are right when we tell them what we're going through. And I dare say that happens when we offer our prayers to God. So often it seems like a one-sided conversation. We reach out to God and ask for help. And like that little teddy bear sitting on a couch, sometimes it seems like God does not respond. We call out and ask out for help, we ask for providence, we ask for God to fulfill our needs, but so often it seems like it falls on deaf ears that God does not respond. And that can get frustrating for us as faithful Christians who want God to answer us, to be there for us when we call. And maybe that's was what was going on with the disciples in our passage this morning from the Gospel of Luke. I don't like to be so cynical, but if the disciples were anything like me, I dare say they were asking Jesus for some advice on how to get God's attention. You see, the disciples had prayed before. They probably knew some of the Psalms. They had been to synagogues before. They may have even been to the temple before. They had heard Jesus pray before. They had plenty of examples of prayer. I think they were asking Jesus how to pray because they wanted to get a response from God, just like Jesus did. They wanted to see some of those miracles that Jesus saw. They wanted that providence that Jesus had. They wanted God to respond when they called. And so they were asking Jesus, teach us, tell us how to pray like you do. This past week, I was reading a little paper that Martin Luther King wrote back in the 1940s about prayer just learning a little bit about what he thought about prayer and he said that prayer was probably one of the most natural things to human beings as natural as the rising of the sun it was instinctual for us to reach out to something beyond us and yet he said in spite of that instinct it is one of the things that we abuse and misuse more than anything else Because when we reach out to God, we often do it in a way that tries to treat God, as he said, like a bellhop, who's supposed to come and run our errands for us and answer our needs and be at our beck and call. Or maybe at times he said we abuse prayer, misuse prayer, because we use it as a substitute, a substitute for the work that we're supposed to do, a substitute maybe even for our intelligence that we're supposed to grow. Maybe that's what the disciples were doing here. They were wanting God to swoop in and solve their problems maybe when they had the power to do some of that on their own. I'll give you an example of that from my own life. I think I told you about this many years ago, but when I was a student at the College of William and Mary, we had a a professor there in the religion department. His name was Dr. Tiefel. I remember Dr. Tiefel very well because he had a a very serious, very notorious reputation across campus. He was known to be a very tough grader in the religious department. That's why I never took any of his classes, by the way. There may have even been, there may be some professors like this at Florida State. In fact, there was a reputation, a, a little story that went around him that he once said that, that even God could not get an A in his classes. Dr. Tiefel was actually a very good Lutheran, and so one day our U. Kirk, our our Presbyterian Fellowship there at William & Mary, invited him to come and, and speak to us. And he told us this little impromptu story about another student on campus who came to him after getting a very bad grade in his class student came to Dr. Tiefel and said, I've worked so hard and I've, I've prayed. I prayed before I take the, took the test and I still got a bad grade. And now I prayed before I came to see you just to see if, if, if you would help me change my grade just so it won't ruin my GPA. Dr. Tiefel refused to change his grade and the young man replied, well, I guess it just proves prayer doesn't work. Dr. Tiefel's response, which he told us in our youth group was, It doesn't prove that God didn't hear your prayers. It just proves that your prayers didn't change you. See, your prayers didn't force you to study more. Your prayers didn't force you to reach out for help before the test took place. Your prayers didn't change you at all. You were hoping that God would change the world around you, but your prayers did not change you. I think that's what Dr. King means when he says we abuse and misuse prayers. We use them as a substitute for the work that we are called to do. And yet, our prayers are there to be partners with us. We pray before and after the work that we do. Our prayers are not meant to work for us, but to work with us. When we pray for people who are facing uh, prejudice every single day, we should not only pray for that, but we should also work to try to reach out and welcome those people who are despised and rejected around our community. When we pray for hunger and people who are hungry, we should not only just pray for that, but we should partner with that prayer and reach out and help those people who are hungry by trying to feed those people in need. When we pray for homelessness, we should try to work in our community to try to find more housing for people. When we pray for our enemies, we should not just pray for them out of far, but we should also extend the olive branch. Ask them for forgiveness or offer them forgiveness. That's part of what it means to partner with our prayers. When we're not willing to do the work that goes along with praying, well, it just cheapens our prayers. And Jesus very clearly tells us that prayers are powerful. We often take prayers for granted, but Jesus tells his disciples in our passage this morning that prayers are powerful. It is a powerful privilege to be able to go to God in prayer. Not just because God answers our prayers or God is at our beck and call because in praying we have a relationship with the divine. The great powerful God of the universe bends God's ear and listens to us and our prayers are the way we feed that relationship. It's the way we tune ourselves and tune our hearts to the heart of God. It's not about bending God's mind and bending God's heart to our will, but it's a way that we tune our hearts and our minds to the will of God. Every Christmas or so, Julianne and I try to go hear a Christmas concert, an orchestra concert. We didn't get to go to one this year, but the past few years we've gone to one, sometimes here in town, sometimes out of town. I always love to go to Christmas concerts. They always play my favorite songs, things like, you know, Sleigh Ride or things like the 12 Days of Christmas. Sometimes they invite people to come up and sing the five golden rings. I've never been invited, by the way. But if you've ever gone to an orchestra concert, whether it's a Christmas concert or any concert, an orchestra concert always begins the exact same way. The primary oboe player gets up and plays a note, an A. And as he plays, then the first chair violinist plays the A and all of the other instruments tune their instruments to that oboe. Now this is more traditional and ceremonial now. As you might imagine, all of these instruments have their own electronic tuners. They've tuned their instruments probably before they come out on the stage. But years ago, that's the way they tuned their instruments, listening to this one note and tuning their instruments so they all could play together. Prayer, consistent prayer, is about tuning our hearts to the will of God. That's why we begin our prayer, Our Father in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, not my will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Tune our hearts to hear the voice of God telling us God's will. Because that's what we're called to do when we pray. Not just speak to God, but listen. 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 for the voice of God speaking to us. And the way we do that, well, according to this passage, we do it by praying consistently and persistently over and over and over again. Or as a wise person tells you every week, pray daily. Let me give you a a real easy way that you can do that. I've started doing that this week, in fact, or this this year with my New Year's resolutions. There's an old book by Anne Lamott that's called Help, Thanks, Wow. Maybe you've heard of it. I think I've told you about it before. She categorizes all of her prayers into three categories. Help, thanks, wow. Every single prayer she's ever prayed, she says it can fall in one of those categories. Help me is every time we ask for God's providence, every time we ask for God to help us, whether it's helping us with little things or helping us with big things, helping us with the moment or helping us with the big mountains we have to climb in life. Thanks is all those prayers of thanksgiving for all of the things that we do every single day, all of the ways that God provides for our needs. And then, wow. Wow is the way that God amazes us, the way that God overwhelms us, the way this world overwhelms us every single day. I started on January 1st writing a little prayer book with three sentences every day. Help, thanks, wow. I write something that I need help with. I write something that I'm thankful for. And I write something that wows me. But here's the secret. If I do that each day, I have to start looking and listening for ways that God has helped me, for things that I am thankful for, and things that wow me. I have to start opening my eyes and opening my ears to the way that God's voice is speaking to me every single day. My prayers are no longer just about getting God to hear my voice. My prayers have become about listening to God's voice, seeing and listening the ways that God helps me, provides for me, and wows me each and every day. And when we do that persistently, it causes us to listen, to listen, to listen. Now don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean we can't ask for help, of course we can. That's what Jesus says with the end of that parable. God loves you like a precious child. God loves you more so. This great, powerful God of the universe loves you as much as a parent loves a child. And so, of course, you can ask for God's help anytime, any way that you need it. My favorite parable about prayer is one I think I've told you before that Tom Long shared about a young boy named Frank who was sitting on a riverbank and right on the Mississippi River and he saw a friend of his over there making a a little boat out of sticks. He was going to try to get out to an island in the middle of the Mississippi. Well, Frank decided he couldn't let him do it alone. So he went over there and started making the boat with him and they pushed off and went out to the island. But before you know it, the boat started sinking and they climbed up on the, swam over and climbed up on the island by themselves, but now they were stranded and had nowhere to go. Frank hadn't told his parents where he was. They wouldn't be looking for him for quite some time. They didn't know what to do or where to go. But finally, Frank looked off in the distance and saw a big paddle boat coming their way right up the Mississippi River. Frank started jumping up and down, waving his arms, saying, over here, over here, but His friend looked at him and said, they'll never stop for you. That's a big old paddle boat. But Frank nevertheless kept saying, over here, over here. And finally, to their surprise, the paddle boat started turning and coming their way. Frank looked at his friend and said, I forgot to tell you, my father is the captain of that paddle boat. (laughs) The great divine God of the universe loves us like precious children. And when we reach out in prayer, we're not just praying to some great God that has crossed some great divide. We are praying to a God who loves us, who hears us when we cry out. But don't ever forget, that great God is crying back out to you on riverbanks and on street corners, through your friends and through your enemies through the darkest night and the brightest day, through nature, through music, through church, maybe even through yourself. God is calling out to you. And we are called to listen. To listen. To listen. Because when we don't listen, guess what? It's just a one-sided conversation. To the glory of God. Amen.